Welcome to the Kumbaya Podcast, the whole woman's resource. I am Dr. Amanda Shipley, a pelvic physical therapist who is passionate about prevention and supporting women along their holistic health journey. This is a fantastic episode to check out if you have been curious about chiropractic care and whether a chiropractor could help you or your children. I'm talking with Dr. Katrina when she is only 10 weeks postpartum after the birth of her second child, so this is also great for all new moms to listen to. Visit me at kumbayalpodcast.com if you want to see the show notes for this episode. We will have links to Dr. Katrina's website and resources. Enjoy! Welcome, Dr. Katrina. I am so excited that you are my first guest on this podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) I'd like to begin by having you tell us your story about how you became interested in being a chiropractor. Um, So (laughs) for me, that story starts a really long time ago. So um, my when my mom had my brother, I'm the oldest of two. And so when my mom had my brother, she developed really bad headaches right after she had him. And she went to a medical doctor who basically gave her a prescription pain medication and on her way out the door said, now, Julie, be careful with these because they're addictive. And so my mom was like, I have a newborn and a four-year-old. Oh, my gosh. Like, I'm So she basically just didn't fill the prescription. And um, my aunt was like, Julie, you should go see my brother. He's a chiropractor, and he helps people all the time. And so my mom went to him for her headaches and got a lot better. And he just educated her on the importance of chiropractic. And my brother and I both suffered from chronic earaches. So we started going to the chiropractor when we were very young. I was five. My brother was probably a, maybe a year, maybe awesome. a couple months old. And um, the chronic earaches cleared up for us. So um, I remember growing up going to family visits all the time. So we would, you know, our family of four would show up and everybody would get adjusted. And, you know, once a month, that was what we did. Wow. So I, um, after being under chiropractic care for all those years, when it was time for me to get a job in high school, I ended up working for my chiropractor as an after school job. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And so um, I actually got to see the people as they checked out of the office. So in checking them out and scheduling their appointment, they'd all, they would tell me their stories. Yeah. Like, you know, she helped me with this and, um, you know, just all the things that had improved within their health. And so being a teenager, I I was trying to figure out, like, what do I want to do with my life? And I just thought if I could help people feel better for the rest of my life, then that would be a cool gig. Yes. So years later, here I am helping people feel better. Yeah. You know, so I still it's still my favorite part of what I do is when people tell me stuff that has changed and shifted in their life and how they're not suffering from pain or, or just, you know, how their health has improved. That's Mm -hmm. still my favorite part. Mm -hmm. That amazing ability of the body to heal itself and for you to be 
you know, step in that process for you to be facilitating that is so powerful. I love that word because it really is. I'm, I'm not really doing any of the healing. I'm just helping to facilitate that power within the body that helps it to heal itself. So it's just awesome. That's so awesome. (laughs) Now, just in case listeners don't know, how does one become a chiropractor? What were the kind of the steps you had to take to do what you do? So, um, I did undergrad and there's certain courses that you have to take. Um, you now have to have a bachelor's degree, um, and then you go to chiropractic school. Most chiropractic schools are about three to four years mm-hmm. and you go year round. So there's no, like you're off for the whole summer. Like mm-hmm. you go, um, you live your life in quarter spurts. Mm-hmm. So three, it's like three months, you get a little break and then another three months you go through like three and a half to four years of chiropractic school. And then you actually have to take four uh, state or actually four national boards. Mm, So three are written and then the last one is practical. And then you get licensed in your state. And yeah, it's a, it's a long process. So all in all, it's about eight years of extra schooling beyond high school. So definitely a commitment. Do you have residency or clinical rotations? That's, that's kind we, of we actually, PT. yeah, we actually do. You, there's a, you start with student clinic, mm-hmm. um, which is on campus. And then after student clinic, you do outpatient clinic and you have, um, doctors who supervise and lots of hands on lots of learning. Yeah, that's great. That's, that's awesome. Now, one question I have would be, are there um, some common myths about chiropractic? It sounds like you, you know, you started when you were young. I didn't start going until I was much older. <laughs> Definitely not five. So, um, yeah, are there some things that you see that people, ha- you know, these notions that people have about chiropractic that just aren't true or accurate? I think one of the main myths is that if you go once, you have to go all the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, my answer to that is if you want to feel good, of course, it's just like maintenance for our car, Mm -hmm. right? We get regular maintenance on our cars, um, but we don't necessarily think about our bodies in the same way. However, if we did think about our bodies in that way, we would consistently feel better and maintain the good health that you have. You know, sometimes you don't even realize how bad you feel Mm -hmm. until you feel really good. Exactly. (laughs) I have experienced that myself. You know, you think you're fine and you have all the energy. And then when you get more energy, you're like, wow, I didn't know what I was dealing with or, you know, yeah, living with. Um, and I think that's one of the, the problems, if I you know can say, about our health care and our society. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Now, I think like, a lot of us have, um, we're lost from the actual true potential of what our bodies can actually function at. Exactly. And we're so, I think older generations, especially like the generation of our parents, they kind of grew up with a model of doctor fix it, mm-hmm. right? And unfortunately, you can't take your body in, drop it off on Tuesday, pick it up on Friday, and it's all good. Right. Like health is this continuous thing that you have to do. And Action you have to take, yes. work and effort, correct? Yeah, and for me, growing up with chiropractic, chiropractic is one piece of the puzzle for me. There are right. many other pieces 
But for me, you know, it's a big piece or, or for my health, it's a big foundation mm-hmm. of what I build the rest of my health on. Right, right. So, And it's like, are we looking at absence of disease? Like, okay, I don't have diabetes yet or right. I don't have this, but do you have the presence of wellness? Do you have the presence of vitality where you feel your optimal self? You have all these things that we don't have, but don't know that we're missing. Well, and I think that so many people suffer with like indigestion and regular headaches and, you know, they may be common, but Mm -hmm. they're not normal. Mm -hmm. But in our society, there's many factors, you know, we're kind of taught to like toughen up, push through, Mm -hmm. work through it. We don't take sick days. We don't rest. Mm -hmm. Like all of those things lead you down a path of, not so wellness. Totally, totally. <laughs> so that um, makes me ask the question, so what are some common things? What can chiropractic care help with? What do people see you for? Uh, you know, basically, a lot of people come in for that back pain, neck pain kind of issue and end up staying because they feel so good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, chiropractic really, it helps with a variety of things and And here's why, is that it really, your nervous system is composed of that brain and the spinal cord. And and that is, it runs the communication and the function of your body. Mm -hmm. So the spinal cord has nerves that come off and they communicate with the different areas of your body. So different organs, different muscles, different tissues. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the signals leave the brain, go into the body. They go from the body, then back up into the brain. So it's always this like information superhighway, mm-hmm. kind of like the internet, yeah. right? <laughs> so really the nervous system is like the best Wi-Fi that you have. And we all know that when we're connected to a solid stream of Wi-Fi, we can do all our work, everything runs efficiently, it's very fast, your body's the same way. So seeing a chiropractor really helps your body be connected and have clear communication, Mm. right? So little stuff crops up when that communication within the body isn't clear, like problems with digestion Mm -hmm. can crop up, you know, problems with, um, muscles or nerves, you know, when that communication isn't clear, Mm -hmm. all that, that interference can cause symptoms within the body. Mm -hmm. So getting adjusted can just help clear out that system so that the body can do what it's designed to do, which is heal itself. Yeah. You know, I always give the analogy of, when you cut yourself, mm-hmm. you don't have to think about it, right? Your, yeah. your body like naturally scabs and, you know, clots the blood. That's your nervous system. That's the power of the body. And it mm-hmm. works on bigger things if you allow it to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think the aha moment for me was that, you know, it's easy when we feel pain to go see a chiropractor. Yeah. Oh, my neck, my back, yada, yada. But... You know, we don't know when the nerve supply to our liver is being decreased exactly. or, you know, to our spleen is being affected or a colon and, you know, maybe colon would have a little more outward signs of some GI upset, distress, whatever. But, you know, and that's where I can see that preventatively going in once a month, every se- whatever, however often it fits into your schedule, yeah. because you don't know when something is breaking down until it's really 
broken unless yeah. the body can tell you an outward sign like pain or something. Exactly. Right? And a lot of our medical tests are not designed to pick up dysfunction. They're designed to pick up disease. Mm. So wouldn't it be amazing if you were having dysfunction, if you could work on that dysfunction before it became disease? Oh, that would be. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so do you treat a wide range of patients or do you have a, a specialty of focus with your practice? Yeah, um, we, d- in our office, uh, we see a wide range of ages, people, um, you know, anywhere from newborn babies to, um, the elderly. So any, you know, I think my oldest patient is in her eighties, probably almost 90. Um, definitely my focus, um, being a mom, Mm -hmm. you know, my favorite patients and my focus has become moms and kids. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just, uh, the, I love, love seeing them in the office, you know, and, and us adults have a lot of stress on our system. So sometimes it takes us a while to get, that relief and to really feel our true potential. The magic of being a kid is that you just don't have that. So kids bounce back so quickly and they're just such a light in the office. So Mm -hmm. that's definitely my favorite population to see. Yeah. And I know there are different techniques or ways of adjusting. So could you tell us a little bit about your treatment philosophy or your style of care? Yeah. Gentle chiropractic? Yeah. We, at at our office, we um, practice gentle chiropractic. So we don't do anything that involves any cracking, popping, or twisting. Mm -hmm. Um, So we use some instruments. We use an activator, which is an adjusting instrument. Mm -hmm. We have a couple other instruments that we use that aid in the adjustment and um, some that help with the fascia Mm -hmm. of the body. I have a drop table Mm -hmm. that really helps um, with those gentle adjustments. And then our table is specialized for people with sciatica. It comes in very handy. It helps us to stretch those low back discs, Mm -hmm. which so many adults suffer from. You know, pregnant moms often get that sciatic type feeling just because of all that extra weight on the front. So we have a lot of different um, techniques and variety that can help a variety of people. So, And I can attest to your table and your, <laughs> your wonderful hands with helping with sciatica. I unfortunately had to experience that. Oh, um. lots, lots of people do. And, yeah. and it's, it's a crazy kind of pain where you think you're not going to get any relief. So mm-hmm. it's, it's nice to have a solution. Oh, definitely. Now, how would, or how does adjusting a baby or a child differ from an adult? So what we do with kids actually looks a lot different than how we adjust adults. So, um, children ha- are, like I said, they respond really quickly. So their spines are just really different. We don't use instruments with babies or, um, even usually we start the instruments about four or five years old. And even then I'll place my hand on top of it, like my finger on top of the instrument. Mm-hmm. And then like, just to soften that, mm-hmm. but with babies and young kids, we usually do more of a like a sustained contact. Mm -hmm. So there's no thrusting. We're literally just kind of holding that spot that we feel that interference and allowing the body to make the release. So Mm. it's very gentle. It it looks nothing like what we do with adults Mm -hmm. and um, the kids respond really well. Mm -hmm. So um, just a, a whole different kind of way of adjusting. 
in the so adults you would normally have them you know face down or face up on the table is that yeah we usually have them on the table and with kids we we tend to adjust them in whatever position that they're comfortable so sometimes that means that they lay on top of mommy or daddy Um, sometimes they sit Uh, when they start moving around I kind of call those adjustments in motion because sometimes (laughs) you have to run around and chase them (laughs) because they they don't stay still (laughs) so um, yeah so we really do kind of um, whatever they're comfortable with and and even sometimes if they're they're not comfortable on that first visit, you know, we, we may not even adjust them that first time. We really don't want the adjustment to ever be traumatic. We want Mm -hmm. them to get comfortable with us. So Mm -hmm. sometimes that first visit includes us just playing and getting to know them and maybe just, you know, them holding my hand or passing toys between each other Mm -hmm. and then really making our way to building that trust relationship right because we don't ever want them to equate our office with any any kind of trauma we want them to enjoy adjustments and to really love coming to the chiropractor just Mm -hmm. like like i did when i was young you know we got gifts at the end like pencils and stickers Mm -hmm. and like that was the best part (laughs) i totally agree they do that at the dentist too it's like here's the treasure box exactly Exactly. we have stickers at our office that the kids really look forward to so they're cute they are cute too um so back to adults thinking of um yeah older older clients and patients what can a person expect when they come to see you like what would the initial evaluation be like yeah so the um the initial visit's usually about an hour long and the reason is we're trying to really grasp what's going on with your health what brought you in what's part of your history like what do you need us to know Mm -hmm. um we do a scan of the nervous system we have an instrument that allows us to measure the body's ability to adapt, Mm -hmm. which really is a great predictor to long-term health because stress isn't going anywhere, right? Stress, we're going to have stress forever. It's all about your ability to manage and live within those stressful circumstances. So our scanner allows us to see where you are at, like how you are handling stress. Mm-hmm. Um, then we'll do a chiropractic exam. And, and usually on the first visit, we'll do an adjustment um, and hopefully get you on your way to feeling better. Good. good. So That's awesome. And you had mentioned one of the common myths is that people think you have to keep going and keep going. And, you know, I've heard of chiropractors where they um, – who come in and they say, okay, there's this cookie cutter plan. You have to, I have to see you three times a week, oh, then yeah. two times mm-hmm. a week, then one time a week. And, and you just wonder, is that really for your bottom line or is that because you're assessing how my body's responding to your care? So with your, your yeah, treatment, so, how so you- we actually do more of the, we, we kind of assess how you're going to, so the scanner, the chiropractic exam, how you respond to that, the first couple adjustments allows us to see how you're going to respond to care. And we do like to take every, you know, everybody's going to go through those three phases of care. So that first phase is really that relief care. Mm -hmm. So if you came in in discomfort, we want to get you out of discomfort. And we want to try to do that as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. So usually in that phase, the visits are a little closer together. Makes sense. 
So then in the second phase, once you're out of discomfort, we go into that corrective care. Mm -hmm. You know, you've had these issues for a while and we really work at retraining the body, correcting those patterns of interference Mm. so that the body can function better. So we space the visits out a little more. And then once we feel like we have you at a point of stability, Mm -hmm. really that's when you shift into that wellness care, right? And so... Um, you, you know, you kind of get on a regular routine. So that routine looks different for everybody. So, so people who have high stress jobs, sometimes they just choose to come in once a week Mm -hmm. and sometimes twice a week works for people. And sometimes, you know, once a month and, you know, once every six weeks. So it's really very individual. And what I do find is that, you know, we're not forcing anybody to do wellness care, but those people who kind of go through that relief care and fall off, or they go through the corrective care and fall off. We always see them coming back and coming back in, um, in like these episodes, like they just kind of get recurrent episodes. And so our job is, is to like, just really let those, you know, we try to educate those people will listen. Mm -hmm. Like if you, continue with the wellness care, you know, you won't, you know, you're less likely to have those episodes. So, you know, but every, you know, everybody's going to go at their level of commitment. So, you know, we're here to support you no matter where you are. We just want you to know that if you kind of keep regular with us, we don't have to see you in crisis because it breaks our heart when you come in and you're in pain. (laughs) You cannot move and you're like, yeah, yeah. Um, And then I know you have built a fantastic, fantastic clinic with different um, practitioners there. So how often do you um, refer to other people? What people do you refer to? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I would say that our network is pretty, pretty vast. And and when I talked about chiropractic being like a, a piece of the puzzle for me, or, um, you know, maybe more of a foundational piece, there are so many other things that I do to keep myself and my family healthy and well. Mm-hmm. And in our office, we have chiropractic care. Mm-hmm. Um, we have two different chiropractors, myself and then Dr. Nick Boak. Mm-hmm. And then we use massage therapy a lot in our office. Mm-hmm. Um, our partners in massage are Melissa Merritt. She's actually our business, my business partner. Mm -hmm. And, um, her and I have been in practice together for the last eight years. So it's been very exciting. And we have another massage therapist, Jody. And so within that, just like chiropractic is an art form, so is massage. Mm -hmm. Melissa, is uh, she does prenatal massage? She does cupping massage, which is really about um, getting into the fascia and creating more blood flow within the tissues. Mm-hmm. And Jody specializes cranial sacral therapy, and she does some energy work. You know, we have a variety of stuff in our office. We have yoga classes. We have mm-hmm. yoga instructors. Um, we our office provides a hypno babies birthing class. Uh, I refer definitely out to acupuncture. Mm -hmm. Um, I love pelvic floor PT. I love physical. We have 
several physical therapists that we work with because just like chiropractic is an art form, I would also say, wouldn't you say PT is popular? Like it's, it's more and more becoming an art form with all the different divisions. Cause honestly, years ago, were we even talking about pelvic floor PT? Yeah. And now I feel like for the population of my practice, that the moms, that pelvic floor PT is one of the big things that I refer to. And then we do refer to other PTs who work on, you know, if we have, yeah, if we have different issues. So, you know, I really think that having a cooperative healthcare team Mm -hmm. where you use many different types of healing it's just so beneficial. Yes. I think it just, it, yeah, it makes things happen quicker, more powerful, yes. more lasting. Right? Yes. Because there are certain areas, you know, that aren't my expertise, but I recognize, you know, people need that kind of care. So, mm-hmm. um, we've, we even have an, an ortho doctor that we work with. Um, Great. we have a couple of them, you know, cause sometimes people are in chronic pain and, They've waited too long to come to us, and and we need to get them out of pain. So we work with a fantastic guy who provides like non-surgical techniques, and and he's done a lot to help some of our people get out of pain so that then we can start working on those underlying issues. So yeah, we we definitely love to refer out to some of our partners because... It's so helpful, and you can just see people really get healthy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even if you're all working with the same tissue, it's different ways, and then yes. and they respond differently. Yes, and, absolutely, you know, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. What are some symptoms that you see most women? So my practice is all women, and um, this podcast is geared toward women, but. What are some symptoms that you see that most women seem to have these days? Or is there something that almost everyone kind of deals with? Oh, I think <laughs> one of the one of the things that women come in with a lot is anxiety. I think we're dealing a lot with a very anxious society. Yeah. Um, and a couple of reasons I think that this is happening, it, it, our culture is really driving a lot of this and, you know, it's kind of hard to be in the world. You, you want to be informed, but it's hard to be out there and to hear all the negative stuff that's happening. Yeah. Uh, and then to have children and think, oh, my gosh, we brought these kids into this world and it's crazy. And, you know, I think some of our anxiety stems from the fact that we're overstimulated. Right. So we have a nervous system that is overstimulated. We are stuck in sympathetic dominance yep. and we cannot get out of that. And so what we do in our office is our adjustments really help to stimulate those parasympathetics. Mm -hmm. And then I work a lot with nutrition to get that body healing, not only from the inside of the nervous system, but nutritionally from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have a couple herbs that I use that help to kind of get you, uh, give you a bandaid to help you cope with that help you deal with that anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, as you heal the bodies. Yes. That is like one of the big ones. I would say that you probably wouldn't think of. Yeah. 
But ang- and then when you're anxious, your muscles are tight. Yeah. You know? And you're- just being in that fight or flight or freeze state, yes. you know, is a sympathetic state. So yeah, you're so not it's, digesting, it's, you're not resting. No, no, exactly. And that's where our office comes into play is that we really do that chiropractic and massage piece fit well together. You mm-hmm. know, like we're helping to unwind the nervous system and that massage can really help you relax and de-stress at the same time of unwinding some of those tissues that get really bound up. Yes. Yes. Gosh. Ang- yeah. Anxiety is <laughs> where it's yeah, at. I, I totally agree. So you have two adorable little girls and, um, how old are they now? So I have Avery, who's three and a half, and then Lila, who's actually sleeping on my lap right now. Who's, <laughs> With us? <laughs> yeah, who's just over two months. Two months, so, gosh. yeah. Time flies. <laughs> it really does. So how has your childbirth and motherhood experiences thus far shaped or influenced your practice? Man, it's it's really kind of evolved my practice because I feel like I can connect on many levels to all the things that we go through in motherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a really rough labor and delivery with Avery. I had planned a home birth and I labored for a couple days and ended up transferring to the hospital and then she was delivered via forceps which was traumatic in and of itself and postpartum I had all these issues and I I think for me that just kind of gave me such a great experience looking back now I can say that at the time I think I cried so many days and I just had so many issues and problems and it was hard to connect with her. And, you know, I've gone through all that. So the way we birth in America, I feel like I can really relate to how women feel when they maybe don't have the birth experience that they had expected or Mm -hmm. that they wanted. And they're in a different place than they thought that they would be. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that just gave me such good experience to connect with moms. Mm -hmm. Um, My second birth with Lila was uh, much easier. I did a lot to prepare myself and um, I was able to have a successful home birth with her and um, just kind of get the birth that I wanted. So totally two totally different experiences, but I I feel like they've both shaped me Mm -hmm. into, you know, the mom that I am and, and even the chiropractor that I am because, you know, it really helps me to relate to moms who maybe had a traumatic birth experience because I totally did. I I think after Avery, I had PTSD. Like I literally would at times sit there and cry. When I would think about how she was born, I would just sit and cry and cry. And Mm. it was a a very hard experience, but I, I did a lot of talk about healing. I, I did a lot for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I actually came to see you for some <laughs> pelvic floor PT. I, mm-hmm. um, I did, um, kind of like, um, a, a different kind of healing called integrated Kabbalistic healing, where it's kind of a combination of talk therapy and hands-on healing mm-hmm. to really work through some of that trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the postpartum system in our in America is lacking. Yes. And so for me, supporting moms 
not just through pregnancy. I love seeing pregnant moms. You know, it's, right. you know, we have our offices fully equipped for that. Dr. Nick and I are certified Webster practitioners. And so um, we're able to see those moms. But what I get frustrated with is once you have the baby, it's like, all right, peace out. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. But you're not. You're not good. You kind of like leave with this newborn, like with like a deer in headlights. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Yeah. So we have a mom's group at our office that we, you know, do once a month to provide support. Like, mm-hmm. I really want there to be more of that out mm-hmm. there. You know, moms need to get out within community. We just no longer live in those villages. Right. We need to create our own villages. We do. That's so true. And I like how at the moms groups, you can have older kids there. It's not like oh, you yeah. just have to have no, your new mom. Like, you can have older no, kids. No, it's like, it's kid friendly. Yeah. Like Avery's there. We've had five-year-olds. We, you know, just whatever stage of motherhood you're mm-hmm. at and you're welcome to bring your kids because it's, it's funny because it's the meetings is is not structured (laughs) it's almost like you know we try to pick a topic but it's like organized chaos yeah we do you know we we talk about stuff the kids interrupt we go back to our subjects you know i think as moms we're kind of all used to that yeah yeah and if you're not you will be soon (laughs) you're gonna have to but I agree. Our, our postpartum care, I mean, I, I know there's other local PTs in Atlanta that we're working on this to, to change that standard of care that, you know, you don't just have a six-week postpartum checkup and, oh, you're all done. You're good. <laughs> you're good. Yeah, gold it star looks, for you today. Yeah, like, no, no. And and just knowing that we all have to process our births, no matter how our babies came out, it's Oh, absolutely. It's traumatic. It's, yeah, it, it, it's... it's um, life altering and and if you think about what your body does like your body literally reorganizes to birth a baby right so why wouldn't once you have that baby your life have to reorganize and it, for it you, to take time for and your it's body not, to yeah, get back yes yeah. and for your life to kind of reorganize it's not just like I don't know why we have this magic six-week mark. I know. Oh, <laughs> six weeks. Yeah, like I'm ten, maybe ten weeks postpartum at this point, and I think, yeah, she's, she's letting us know. I agree. Yeah, and I'm still figuring out how how to do things, how, how to right. have my life and how to function with a newborn and yeah. how to ask for help. Yes. And I tell moms that, you know, it took 10 months to get that baby in Yes. There. Give your body 10 months. I really, we say a, a year. year. A, a year. year. I think a year. I, I'm, I think at stages within that year, you kind of do have these moments where you're like, okay, there, there I am. I recognize that. Yes. Right? I do feel like at a year, you definitely do get a little more, mm-hmm. okay, I feel like I got it. And they, and they become a little less dependent mm-hmm. upon you. But that first year, like, I, I have to remind moms all the time, like, when they're only three months old, I'm like, you know, they've spent more time in your body than they have in the world. Yes, that's a good so way to So you look have at it. to consider that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, t- yeah, yeah. And... I don't know if you do this, but um, every year I pick a word, like a theme. Instead of making a New Year's resolution, I pick a word. And knowing I was going to have a baby this year, my word's compassion. Oh, that's a good one. So, so I'm... 
I thought in the postpartum period, what what could be a good word for me to work on? And so I'm always kind of evaluating like, okay, where can I have a little more compassion for myself? Especially as moms, we try to do everything. Mm-hmm. Moms and then small business owners and entrepreneurs, you, yeah, it's so I'm, I'm like, guess what? Yeah. I didn't get everything done today. So I'm just allowing myself some grace, yes. some compassion. Yes. What you got done was enough. You exactly. are enough today. Hey, I let a moment. baby sleep on me for like seven <laughs> hours of the day. And you know what? That was enough. Yes. Because you don't necessarily see how that plays out. But gosh, think about how... the what it's doing for your child. Yes, totally. And really, truly, your body needs it. You're not even yes. three months postpartum. Yes. I mean, you're back to work because you're super mom and super yeah. woman, but like, really. And I self-employed. Mean, and so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> necessity, you know, invention there. But um, so, you know, perfect segue. As a mom and a business owner, I just have to ask, how do you balance everything? Oh, man. So I, I, um, I kind of think that balance is kind of this thing that we we have it a little wrong, okay? So we tend to to think of balance as a destination, Mm. right? Like, I'm going to get there, and it's going to all, I'm going to hold all these things very properly. Um, I kind of think of balance more as a journey or more of, like, in my life, balance as a verb, Mm. right? Like, balancing. So, you know, I may not be totally having it all together every day, um, but I'm, I'm striving to get there. I'm, I'm constantly evaluating what can I say no to what, what, what is vitally important for me in this moment. Yeah. And to me, that's how you balance. Yes. Right. Is it, this, it's what's it's worth a, your time and right. it's a process. And I think when you get to be a mom, you realize that time evaporates pretty quickly. And mm-hmm. so you really do have to be selective, Mm -hmm. you know, and then as a mom and a business owner, you have to think, okay, what are those three important things that I need to get done today? I try to go with that. And, and, and usually that kind of helps guide me, you know, do I need more rest today? Hey, do I need to make sure I eat lunch? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> and then be okay with the fact that you had lunch and that's what you, you didn't Ex- do your notes. You ex- didn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so that's kind of how I do that. That's, that's good. And I think that's realistic. I like the three and not 30 or 10. I mean, when yeah. I make my list, they're a whole page long. So, oh, I do too. But you know, sometimes you have to, if, if you're going to feel good at the end of the day, you have to set yourself up for success. I agree. So sometimes it's even like, what's the one thing yeah. that I can do today that will make my day feel complete. Yes. And sometimes it's like, you know what? I really have to finish laundry. Yeah. And if that's it, that's it. And I think that's powerful just taking the time for reflection, even if it's just two seconds to say, okay, what what would make me feel good if I got this one thing done? Because I think so many times we're just under the fire trying to do this, trying to yeah. do that. Like, And then you're doing so, too to many be... things not well at all. Exactly. And you're just feeling stressed the entire time. Yeah. So having you know that a realistic intention and then you know you actually could maybe do it and yeah. you know and then feel good about it yeah so set yourself up for success that, that's great <laughs> so i believe strongly in prevention as a key to living a healthy and vibrant life what are some things that women can do to help avoid alignment issues if if that's 
you know, possible? Yeah. And um, or what are some of your general prevention tips? For okay, so um, I would say that regular self care hmm. would be the best thing that you can do for yourself. And so, so self care for everyone though is going to look different. Hmm. The number one thing that I think that you can do that is like nobody is doing it enough is move, move more, move more. We're way too sedentary. (laughs) You're talking to a PT. Yes. Move more. But like underneath that umbrella is like, you know, so if walking or hiking or running or yoga or Pilates, like whatever you can do to move more. And for me, I've really just with a new baby, I've just been trying to incorporate movement into my day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that number one tip. And then self-care looks different for everybody. So do you go to a chiropractor regularly? Do you get massages regularly? Acupuncture? Um, do you take supplements? Like, you know, stuff like that is going to be under that umbrella of self-care. But I think that the best thing that we as moms can do for ourselves is to move. And sometimes, you know, meditation is fantastic, but you know what? Sometimes moving meditation, yes, like sometimes that, that really helps you clear your mind. Mm -hmm. So Thing, I, in nature, I've been, getting yes. outside, away from the phone. Yeah, and I've been trying to think about it less like exercise and more like how do I need to move my body today? Yes. Right? Like some days you're really feeling exhausted and, you know, so I'll sit in a restorative yoga pose. Yeah. Right? Yep. Like how can I move my body? And I'm not thinking about like every day I need to break a sweat. I just, I just want to move my body more in ways that it needs. Mm-hmm. I think back to even when I was in grad school and you know before having kids, I would spend two hours in the gym and you yeah, isolate yeah. all your muscles <laughs> and all this. And now I'm like, how many multi joint movements can I do? How and it's even more to just functional movements. I, you know, you don't yep. need to go in a gym oh, yeah. and isolate every little muscle. Sometimes I cook dinner and stretch my calves. Yes, <laughs> stand on one leg while you brush your teeth. Yeah, like, do I do. Um, I have yoga blocks. I'll, I'll put them, I'll, I'll do like these balances and these small hip movements while I cook dinner. Like, you know, my daughter's in the bath. I'm foam rolling in the hallway right outside the bathroom. What this is, this is motherhood. (laughs) Awesome. What inspires you? I just have to ask. (laughs) I would definitely say my family, you know, um, my parents are a big inspiration to me and really the reason that I do what I do, um, they just have worked so hard and they are the kindest, most generous people that you'll ever meet. Um, so they definitely a big inspiration would be my mom and dad. I love them. (laughs) And is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners? Any other tips or words of wisdom or parting thoughts that come to mind? You know, ask for help. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like we were talking about before that, you know, you have to create your village. It's like, don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my best friend lives in the neighborhood. My best friend, Melissa, also my business partner. <laughs> and sometimes it's like, you know, she'll come over and and just like she will come over and just play with Avery for a little while, hold Lila so I can do something, you know, but she's not, you know, you have to ask, I have to, you know, ask her to, 
to come over or, you know, really getting your partners involved. My husband and I, co- we definitely co-parent a yeah, lot yeah. and he's phenomenal, but you know, I have to vocalize. He's not yeah. a mind reader. Yep. Our partners are not mind readers. Yeah. You know, you can't get mad at them for doing something you expect them to do naturally. <laughs> like it just d- doesn't work that way. And men are different than women. So really just vocalizing and communicating more. Yes. I think if we communicated more with each other and actually expressed our needs, there'd be less resentment and res- less, you know, like anger yeah. towards each other mm-hmm. because you know, they, they need help. Yes. We need help. And, mm-hmm. and how do we do that together? <laughs> and it just sets people up for success. When you communicate what you need, it helps yeah. them be successful in meeting that need. Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. And it helps you not sit in resentment of like, I'm the only one taking care of this baby. Right. Well, guess what? We both created the baby. Yep. So... I'm nursing right now, so he can't do that. But guess what? He can change diapers. He can change mm-hmm. her. He can, yeah, he can He can do just as much as I can do. Right, right. And I also think, you know, on the communication point of with new moms, so many times I see patients, new moms that come in and say, I had no idea this could happen. I'm blindsided. I had no. So I think the more that we communicate with friends and, and you know, risk putting ourselves out there and sharing like what yeah. you so beautifully did, like it just kind of demystifies and say, you're not alone. It's okay to ask for help. There's nothing wrong with yeah. you. You did nothing wrong that your well, birth turned and, out this and way. And I think that sometimes your body's different and, and some of those changes you don't know, are they lasting? Can they be fixed and so it the communication goes all around and and i think really finding a provider Mm -hmm. you know whether it's like you're getting regular chiropractic care or you're seeing a pt regularly or Mm -hmm. you're seeing a medical doctor regularly or a naturopath being able to communicate things with them about your body that you maybe are embarrassed or ashamed of or aren't aren't sure if they're normal, sharing that with someone like that, they can help you get to the right person. Right. You know, people share with us all the time, which is why we have such a vast network Mm -hmm. because we don't do everything. But if you've got a problem and need help, we're going to get you to the right person. Yes. Right? Because everybody deserves that help. And especially women, I think... You know, we're just kind of taught like, oh, guess what? You had a baby and now when you cough, sneeze or laugh, you pee. Oh, that's n- that's normal. That is not normal. That no. is common. That it doesn't make it normal. Like there's so many things that we're suffering with that are that can be fixed. Yes. So yeah. it's like sharing with each other, which is why we have the moms group. It's just like, yeah. tell us what's going on. Yes. How yes. can we help? How can we get through this together? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So how? What is the best way for people to contact you to find out more about your practice? So, um, man, there's a couple different ways that you can contact us. So the the main way would be through our website, which mm-hmm. is touchofhealthatlanta.com. And then you can find us on Instagram at Touch of Health Atlanta. We're on Facebook, Touch of Health Atlanta. <laughs> um, and you can follow us and kind of see our stuff that's happening. On our website, we have our event calendar with all our fun happenings at the office. We have a newsletter. You can sign up for the newsletter on our website. Um, yeah, so the, those are the best ways to reach out to us. Our office is located 
in Sandy Springs, so we're just outside the perimeter, easily accessed from 400, 285, you know, it's yeah. a... <laughs> well, thank you so, so much. I so appreciate you and your, you know, presence in this world and all the good that you do for people. And, thank you. And thank for being you here for having me. This has been really, really fun. <laughs>